Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Dirt Radio, a program about grassroots activism run by Friends of the Earth on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 a.m. I'm Dr. Jay Iwasaki, an ecologist and volunteer at Friends of the Earth, Melbourne. It's August 8th, and we're broadcasting from beautiful Wurundjeri country in Collingwood, Victoria. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Today we'll be talking with Sana de Swart, the coordinator of Friends of the Earth's anti-nuclear collective, and Xavier Dupe, the education officer for the National Union of Students. Thank you. Thanks for having us on the show. Um, yeah, my name's Sana. I am the collective coordinator at the Nuclear Free Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And I'm calling in from Wurundjeri, Wurundland. Pleased to be here. I'm Xavier. I'm the education officer for the National, National Union of Students. And I'm also a member of Socialist Alternative. Um, I'm also uh, zooming in from Wurundjeri land. I got involved in um, activism through the climate movement in 2019. Um, and since then, I've yeah, been involved in um, fighting uh, against the far right, um, fighting for um, education rights and um, fighting uh, against capitalism. Uh, thank you for both, both for coming on. So this week, we are recognizing the atomic bombings and discussing the recent AUKUS pact which primarily involves the introduction of nuclear submarines to Australia with the cooperation of the United States and the United Kingdom. In the time since World War II, we've seen uh, nuclear arsenals grow from one bombing to tens of thousands and now back down to roughly under 10,000 bombs, mostly in the United States and Russia. And here in Australia, the biggest change to the country's role in nuclear proliferation comes from the recent security pact um, this deal involves the transfer of highly enriched uranium from a nuclear state to a non-nuclear state, both of which are signatories of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. While there is a legal framework that's recognized internationally for non-weapons transfers of enriched uranium for naval reactors, because these reactors will be disposed of by Australia and not given back to the United States, there are concerns about the message it sends about nuclear proliferation from signatories of a non-proliferation treaty. Uh, I don't think there's particularly concern that Australia is going to use those materials to make a bomb, but one of the primary concerns is that it does set a precedent of weapons-grade nuclear material transfer. So, Sana, it's been 78 years now. What do you think the general lessons learned from the bombings have been, and what lessons has the world yet to take in? Yeah, um, 78 years since the horrific bombings, just for people that don't have um, a, a recollection or, or really um, clear how how big that was in that time. So Hiroshima had um, the first bomb dropped and it killed in that same year 140,000 people. And Nagasaki, three days later on August the 9th, with 74,000 people killed within the, the first six months and many more in the years after. So the the issue, one of the big issues, um, apart from the 
the horrible devastation that is immediate is the long-term effect of the radiation. And there are still generational effects that are being felt to this day, almost eight decades later, of heightened levels of uh, several types of cancer, including thyroid cancer in children, which is a, is a big one. So lessons learned, I would say to never use them ever again. <laughs> and I hope, I wish that the rest of the world um, would also take those learnings away. Um, luckily, we do have the International Campaign for the Abolition of Nuclear Weapons that has um, had, I think, over 60 uh, countries signatories to the treaty now. And it would be so important, especially in the light of August, for Australia to sign on to, to the TPNW, the Treaty for the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, to um, make sure that if the, if the AUKUS deal goes ahead with the nuclear submarines, that none of that um, high-level waste and that uranium and plutonium coming out of those um, submarines will ever be used by future governments or anyone um, for pro uh, proliferation. Right. Yeah, really well said. And leading into that, Xavier, I understand there's a rally tomorrow. Would you like to briefly um, talk about that? Yes. So on uh, August 9, students will be rallying all around the country to oppose the AUKUS alliance um, and say, we want money for welfare, not nuclear powered submarines. I've called this rally because the Albanese government is spending billions of dollars, possibly up to half a trillion dollars on nuclear powered submarines during a cost of living crisis. So 80% of renters are in housing stress and job seekers well below the poverty line. But instead of addressing these problems, the government has chosen to um, invest in these nuclear submarines. Now, these submarines, I think, are going to escalate tensions with China and um, as well as being a, a colossal waste of money. So we'll be um, out on August 9, um, the anniversary of the Nagasaki bombing, um, to demand an end to the AUKUS military alliance um, and for that money to be instead invested in public housing and welfare payments. We're also saying no to nuclear waste dumps on Aboriginal land because um, a nuclear waste dump will very likely be part of the, or will certainly be part of the AUKUS deal and it will very likely be dumped on Aboriginal land. And we're also demanding that our own universities refuse to partner with AUKUS and the military because university research and training will be essential to AUKUS. Um, I think the, uh, I really agree with uh, Sana's uh, comments about the devastation caused by the bombings of um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and that we should be fighting for these weapons never to be used again. I think one of the lessons that we can draw as well is that just what the uh, ruling classes of the world and particularly the United States are prepared to do if they consider it to be to their advantage. The, these bombs were um, dropped in order to give the United States an edge in the post-war um, peace um, talks um, and a, a sane carving up the world um, after World War II. And we're headed for another great power war between the United States and China. So we should be prepared to um, take a stand firmly against the, especially the US, given um, they are the main ally of our government here. Yeah, that ties in really well with, you know, what Sana was discussing about the lessons the world hasn't yet really taken in about how devastating these bombs can be. Um, and Sana, how, do, how does the AUKUS treaty affect communities here in Australia? Um, so yeah, just 
commenting on what you just said, like apparently we are closer to a nuclear war than in the last decades, um, which is really quite scary. And I think not a lot of people realize um, the implications that that can have and, and what that actually means. The AUKUS submarine. So um, first of all, we're getting secondhand um, nuclear submarines from the US to come here. Um, at the end of this year, we're going to have US submarines visiting a WA port um, in Garden Island, and um, they will be stationed there for X amount of times at a time. It also means that there will be a port um, destined to have those nuclear submarines based there. There are several issues with that, of course. Um, one of them is that it actually makes that town where they will be based a military target, and they are like submarines, nuclear-powered submarines, even though they don't may not carry nuclear weapons, um, are floating nuclear bombs if you um, um, attack them. So that that it has big implications for whatever town it will be based in. It will also affect the workers handling this um, this radioactive stuff on, on every side of the the cycle. The the maritime union already has put up a strong motion against it because a lot of this high level uranium will be um, transported overseas. And um, on the other end, like in trans other transportation over land, it will also affect workers. In the uranium mining side, side which is like always a big one, Australia is the third biggest um, exporter of uranium. So on the uranium side, the uranium mines affect uh, First Nations uh, communities disproportionately because inevitably they always end up on um, traditional owners' lands. And so communities face the, the repercussions of contaminated water and, and radioactive um, slush close to where they are living and have opposed that always strongly. Australia's got um, the biggest uranium mine, the single biggest uranium deposit in the world um, under uh, the Roxby Down Olympic Dam mine. And it is, I think the second biggest um, mine in the world after Canada. So um, that's the uranium mining part of it. And the other part is the nuclear waste as, as Xavier already pointed out, like the inevitably is going to be um, a nuclear high level nuclear waste dump that has to come with this because we have to leave the the way somewhere and Australia has agreed to accept the even the secondhand um, submarines with with its waste in it so um, we'll have to put it somewhere and that is a huge there there is no good example of uh, best practice um deposit in the world there was one made in the us and that has been closed for years now because of an incident happening in it so there is no example of a good good solution and the current example that so the the federal government has been trying to put a nuclear waste dump on aboriginal land for the last 26 years so there's been six examples so far every time the that battle has been won by traditional custodians opposing those projects on their land and um the last one being kimba which had a court ruling 
um, of a court case put on by the Bangala traditional owners only a few weeks ago, saying that the plan was unlawful. So um, that will be a big battle ahead. I think it has an extra dimension with the, the high-level nuclear waste dump because it will be defenses behind it and it will be on military land, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be definitely opposing that and we're going to need a whole big movement behind us and to, to get together with a whole lot of groups because this is going to affect us all. Yes, that's right. We discussed the, the Kimba side in a recent episode and I want to yeah go back into that in a second. Xavier, I talked to you briefly about the effect that the AUKUS Treaty will have for students as well as workers. Uh, would you like to just discuss that again about um, the impacts for universities? Well, what Sana said about um, the how it's going to affect Indigenous communities, I think, is really important. And it's been extremely, um, historically, extremely positive, the resistance that has happened to that, including the um, defeat of the Jabaluka uranium mine by uh, the Marah people and their supporters in the cities, um, as well as the campaign against nuclear in Queensland, um, supported by the unions and by student activists. In terms of how the AUKUS deal affects um, students, I think the first thing to say is that you know, the United States and China are headed towards a war. And through the AUKUS deal, Albanese has signed up Australia to be part of this war. Um, the people who are currently students are among those who will be killed in this war. Um, in uh, the Vietnam War, um, young people and students were among those conscripted to fight and die overseas. But I think this is uh, further escalation beyond that, being a great power war between nuclear armed states. Um, we're likely to see not only things like conscription, but um, even a bombing of civilians in um, this sort of war. But I think well short of war actually breaking out, this deal is bad news for students because we're in a cost of living crisis and Labor is refusing to fix it so that they can instead spend money on the nuclear powered submarines. So Anglicare's recent survey found that there were no rental listings that were affordable for someone on youth allowance, um, not even a room in a share house. Um, and yet um, Labor has not committed to building any public housing um, or to um, providing university funding um, to make, um, you know, a uh, student housing that's capped at affordable levels. They've also refused to increase job seeker above the poverty line, despite calls from many, many um, advocacy groups um, and the National Union of Students. In effect, what's happening is students are being asked to make sacrifices for this war effort. Um, and I say we should oppose that. Um, students, uh, I'm a socialist. Um, I think, you know, the living conditions of students and workers or their lives for that matter shouldn't be sacrificed for the sake of the United States and Australia being able to dominate Asia, um, which is um, what this deal is about. I think this um, is also an issue that gets right to um, student conditions because our universities are part of the AUKUS deal and the drive to war. So, um, Katriona Jackson, the CEO of Universities Australia, has basically pledged universities to um, be part of creating the skilled workforce and the research to carry out this deal um, and to um, support the um, nuclear powered submarines, um, technicians and all of those sorts of things. And the government in the last budget pledged $128.5 million to uh, courses related to AUKUS. This is at the same time um, and coming just after 
uh, education has been gutted. So courses have been slashed. Um, our staff have their wages consistently stolen um, and they're kept in uh, like a low wage insecure employment. Um, and our students themselves are made to pay um, a increasing amounts of the um, cost of education through HEX. I say that our university should not be part of this drive to war. Our university should be about making things better for society through um, healthcare, through looking after the environment. Um, and I've spoken to students around the country who are getting involved in the campaign, even if they weren't political before, um, because they're outraged that um, uh, their engineering degrees or chemistry degrees or whatever it might be um, are being used to make the world less safe. Um, so that's one of the things we're um, um, demanding. We're going to be, um, call we're calling for universities to cut ties with AUKUS um, and with the military and demanding that um, our universities um, be for the good of students and society. So just a couple of quick examples. Um, Flinders University in South Australia um, has formed ties with universities in the United States and the United Kingdom in order to become a world leader, uh, seeking to become a world leader in um, nuclear technology in order to support the AUKUS deal. Um, and there are other um, examples like Australian National University, which has um, one of uh, our main um, nuclear programs. Um, the vice chancellor there um, has spoken about um, the uh, opportunities for university vice chancellors and for profit making um, from the AUKUS deal. Um, and students around the country are coming out to, to protest against this. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good um, summary from Berthi about the far reaching um, both economic effects for communities now and in the future. And how, yeah, the AUKUS pact affects the nuclear production chain as well and um, what that will mean uh, going forward. So briefly, we touched on it uh, in previous episodes, but uh, in terms of the future and where this nuclear fuel would go, there have been some recent updates from Kimba. And Sana, would you like to just give us an update and tell us about what we can look forward to hearing about from, from your side? Yes, so the Kimba, there's some good news on the Kimba front, and we hope that that good news will continue. So that proposed nuclear waste dump was a flawed plan by the Morrison government that the Labour government is, has inherited. And the Labour government has thus far um, chosen to, to go forward with that. So the traditional, bung traditional owners, the Bangla people, have been actively excluded from the community consultation process and have uh, therefore um, started a court case, a judicial review um, against the, the federal government to try to um, get justice on that. And the, uh, the, the court spoke out about two weeks ago on the 18th of July about um, saying that the, the current plan is unlawful, which is a great historic win and such congratulations and kudos to to the Bangla traditional owners who have been intimidated and have been um, really stuck with this and kept fighting um, to make this happen. It was really their efforts keeping going. The government has in, invested millions fighting those um, Aboriginal voices, while at the same time saying that they want a voice to parliament, which is um, quite ironic in in this sense um so that that's the good news the government has 21 days to respond to that and there's about um by the time this airs 
there's going to be like a couple of days left for the government to announce whether they're going to appeal the decision of the court um, and disrespect the Aboriginal voices, um, which I think would be political suicide because, um, well, at the same time, trying to promote a, a voice to parliament um, while spending millions of dollars shutting Aboriginal voices down looks terrible and is terrible. Um, so hopefully um, Minister Madeline King will take the right decision and walk away from the Kimber dump. It wasn't their plan in the first place. So we've got a petition going and as soon as possible, we need as many emails as possible sent to the decision makers on this um, on this case to, to encourage the government to walk away from this dump with clean hands. Aboriginal voices have said no and the, the court has said no. It's, it's an obvious, clear sign to walk away. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, and Xavier, yes, aside from the, the rally or actually um, give, please give some, some details on exactly when and where for this rally and uh, tell us what you're looking forward to. We can look forward to seeing from you in the future. Yeah, so um, students will be rallying in Melbourne, Canberra, Adelaide, Perth, Wollongong, Brisbane. Uh, I think that's all of them. Um, I can put the full details. I can send them to you to put in the show notes um, if you like. Um, the meeting, uh, obviously, Wednesday, the um, 9th of August, um, and um, some in the city, some on uh, individual campuses. Um, where um, beyond this, uh, beyond this rally, um, there are a number of um, anti-war um, actions that students around the country um, are involved in. For example, um, in Brisbane, a protest against the Labor Party's national conference, where because shamefully the left in the Labor Party has refused to even put on pressure um, to um, scrap the um, AUKUS deal. Um, so students are going to be um, uh, joining um, like protesters there to um, demand that the Labor government um, scrap the uh, AUKUS alliance. Um, in Perth, um, there's um, set to be a, a protest against um, the AUKUS uh, masterclass, um, you know, a further attempt to um, turn our universities into uh, schools of war, if you like. Um, and beyond that, we're going to continue to um, fight the Albanese government to demand affordable housing um, and a free education and the freezing of hex um, and increases to welfare um, so that students are not facing the um, appalling um, appalling cost of living crisis that they've been put in. Can I make one closing comment? Like as, as before, we, we are going to need everyone to come together on this in the next few years. So um, we need to build a movement and it's going to affect everyone. At the moment, there's um, defense in schools trying to do a nuclear propelled submarine challenge for year seven to 12. Um, so we need everyone. And so please come and join our collective at Friends of the Earth or the student um, union in all their initiatives. Um, we're going to all be collaborating and we need to make a strong front to to um, against this, this challenge that we have. And I think we can beat AUKUS. Thank you both for taking the time to speak with us today. This has been Dirt Radio, brought to you by Friends of the Earth and broadcast on 3CR Community Radio. Today we've been talking with Sandra de Swart and Xavier Dupe about the current state of affairs in nuclear matters this week 
on the anniversary of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, 78 years ago. Rallies will be taking place across Australia tomorrow, August 9th, and in Melbourne at 1 p.m. in front of the State Library. The details will be available online at 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. If you're interested, please also check out Welfare Not Warfare on Facebook and Instagram. And to stay up to date and get involved in Friends of the Earth's anti-nuclear campaign, please check out www.melbournefoe.org.au slash nuclear. A recording of this program and all the information will be available online as a podcast and in the show notes on 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. Coming up next is Billabong Beats with Gavin Moore. Stay tuned and stay radical.